Shut up and sit down. Guys, we are doing a different episode of The Quiet Part Loud today. This is episode 122, and as I've been talking about in the previous episodes, we've got some interviews lined up with some really cool folks, and today is the first episode where we actually interview someone uh, and bring you guys a, a different point of view, a different style of the podcast. And our first guest today is, is, uh, is a woman I've known for, God, five years, six years maybe now. Uh, we used to work together at an agency called Map Media when I was working for Under Armour and Jan was running all of our programmatic campaigns, all of our uh, performance optimization. She's a she's a guru in terms of ad tech and, and, and making her clients more money. And Jan is the founder and CEO of Programmatic Motion. And... I'm really excited to talk to her today, and she's got some real cool insights on what it's like to start a business, being a female CEO of a startup, what it's like navigating agency land, you know, some of the trials and tribulations that she's gone through, and you know, the motivation that it takes to keep going and to power a business on your own. So I'm really, really excited to have Jan Vimal on the show today, and uh, welcome. No, nice to be on the show. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. So we're going to find our feet together on this thing because I know you haven't done a lot of these interviews and this is the first of the kind that I'm doing. So um, so thank you for being my test pilot and thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the show. It's great. It's always a pleasure. Good. So how are you feeling? All right? Good. Perfect. So you started Programmatic Motion. I got the name right? Programmatic Motion. Programmatic Motion. Yeah, sorry. And that name has come from where? Um, so we wanted to have uh, programmatic, of course. Uh, but also we wanted to have like we wanted to kind of uh, have play on word. So we found the word. Um, we always work in a pragmatic way. So we thought that because I work in a, I, I looked at one of my LinkedIn recommendations, and one thing that was written about myself was um, that I work in a pragmatic way. This is why I know I, that's true <laughs> for sure. So I was like, okay. So I took the word. Um, we, so we both of us, me and my uh, co-founder, we took. Um, the word pragmatic and we took um, programmatic and merged it and that's how we got pragmatic and then motion is another part that we added because it's always evolving and tech and it's always moving and programmatic is never going to stop evolving I think there's always going to be a new topic uh, as you see in the industry so this is why we had motion because it's always moving so nice. like us as a company we're always going to be moving we're evolving always gonna, yeah and learning as much as we do with our clients nice nice and so it was it was what two years ago you started the business um so we started it at the back of 2000 and 18 uh, okay. so 18 uh 18 uh, december uh we started the business um so i uh, at that time uh, i gave him my notice for my previous job and then took uh took the leap of faith and created the business what what was it what was it what was it that said enough what was it that that made you say i can do this on my own i can i i'd be better off on my own or trying to start my own thing because I can look after clients the way I want. What, what was the tipping point for you that made you say, I'm going out on my own? So I always wanted to have my um, have my own company. Uh, that was like something that was embedded in me from the beginning of, of time. So that's something I always wanted to do uh, regardless. Um, so I have a real passion for programmatic um, and I've like worked across, you know, really great partners and uh, had really good like bosses uh, that I've worked with. But one thing that was a bit for me that I was feeling frustrated that I was I want to take that client from zero to ten without no blocks. I didn't want to have C level tell me no. Yep. I didn't want there to be a product issue. I didn't want there to be any any issues. I wanted to give the best client service I could on my own, but without having any problems. So this is what I really wanted to do. It was to really watch companies grow, watch clients grow. Like before I was a, I was teaching. Um, so like 10 years ago I was teaching okay um, so as a teacher I was with kids all the time and you know I was watching them grow um, they would come to tell me when they did the exams that they passed and you know 
that child didn't really know they wasn't really they wasn't doing as well but then you watch them you know grow and then they come back to you saying you did you did so much and then your heart just feels it feels and you're really like really happy you like the journey you yeah. like seeing the manifestation yeah, yeah. of the of of, a, of of the building of the journey yeah. and then to the final yeah because you, your heart for you you have actually like it's a personal thing but i actually feel like warm inside when you feel someone that's really done well whether it's a client or it's a company or whether it's a child that's in like where you're teaching it's like watching them grow is something within its own it's it's not money can't give you that that's really interesting right because we live and work in a society and, and certainly in an industry where it's constantly bottom line. Yeah. It's constantly margin and profitability. Yeah. And, and of course that has to be, you know, part of and parcel course. to it because we don't have businesses yeah. if we don't have profitability, exactly. right? But it's really cool to see that you're, you've got almost a paternal relationship yeah. that, you, that you're building, yeah. that you're trying to build with these yeah. clients. That's, that's phenomenal. So it was the aspect of taking something and yeah. nurturing it into you yeah. know a final product or at least a better version of what it was that kind of yeah. mature that maturation period yeah. right like over the years in ad tech i've had my own team um yeah. i've been able to manage um like many many grads that have come out of uni i'm teaching them like the ropes and now when i look back and i see them like you know they are in great jobs they're yeah. doing like great things and it's like for me it's like i'm like a proud parent mm. at the end of the day because it's like you know, that's my team. And, you know, if someone tells me that they've done a good job and I hear it from somebody else, it's like, yeah. You I know where it started you from. Know, yeah, exactly. You know where it started from. So for me, it's like something within. It's like. For sure. Uh, so it gives you like that little warm glow. And, and this money can't give you that. Um, you know, you, you do the business and stuff, but something that it's in within itself that you get. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, if, if I think if more people in the industry had that sort of passion first approach to it, it's what they say, right? If you do something that you love, yeah. you don't work a day in your life. Yeah. Focus on what you love and the money will come. Exactly. So many people try to force the money yeah. and fake the passion. Yeah. So it's so refreshing just to see like yeah. that point of view and that approach to the business. I think that's beautiful. Um, so like when you start these things, yeah. there's, I mean, there's obviously a, a to-do list. Of course. But there's you know, there's obstacles that stop every one of those yeah. to-dos happening, yeah. right? So we know about money. We know about, you know, the hours you have to invest. Yeah. We know about trying to generate new customers. We know, you know, all of those reams of challenges. I mean, the, y you can set out these challenges, but you never know what challenges yeah. are actually going to face you. So what's been what's been the toughest thing for you so far? Two years in? Yeah. I talk think, to me about the trials. Um, the hardest uh, thing within um, pragmatic motion is that is that you're asking the client. So you are the product. So I am the product in actual state. So yes. I don't. We don't have a product. We are a service. So I am the product. So you have to believe me. And this is the thing: convincing someone to believe you that you are going to do a great job. You're going to take their company from zero to ten. You're going to make them X amount of revenue. It's that, and also you They have to put a revenue budget against you to work with you. Yes, of course. And in ad tech, mainly people have money for media buying, um, they have it for, you know, their employees or whatever, but they don't actually allocate money extra for stuff like that okay. or for training. They don't, ha they don't allocate extra money for that pot. So that pot seems to be empty most of the time. So, <laughs> and it's not, and you know, and this is the thing that I think the ad tech kind of lacks is that there needs to be money put towards training. There needs to be money put towards other things. I have a lot of people that come to me, which are actually grads that say to me, we would love to come and train you up, but their boss doesn't have the money. Or they're like, you know, at the top level doesn't have that kind of funding. So the grads are asking you, yeah, you're exactly. hearing it from the people that need, need skilling up to exactly. say, we need what you've got. Yeah. But the people who control the purse exactly. aren't letting or don't have the money exactly. to put towards this. So you're yeah. looked at now as more of a nice to have if we could yeah. rather than a necessity yeah. because fundamentally your skill set translated into others like what you were saying before yeah. about that nurturing process. Yeah. They're not interested in it. Yeah. And this is the thing. And I think sometimes in businesses they don't realize that at the bottom is where like you know right now you see in the, in the industry that the you know the juniors are the one that's given like the big budgets uh and they're kind of like a bit lost in what to do with that budget how to strategize it what they, they need to do next 
And as a, consult- as a consultancy, this is kind of like, you know, as our service is we're here to provide like sales and operations programmatically. Yeah. And we're trying to drive revenue. So, for example, they come up to me, even I have friends in Attic, they just message, they message me and ask, Jan, what do I do with this? Um, you know, and it's like, like me, <laughs> like I've done on a number of occasions. Yeah. And I'm happy to always help. Like, I know you that's, are. that's, that's my thing. Like, I'm never going to say no. And I'm always going to, you know, you know, always happy to help. But same time, it's like, you know, when when they're saying, can I have training? I was like, why don't we do, work something with your boss and see if there's something we can do, like have a long-term project with you guys. For sure. Me texting you the answers is not going to be kind of you learning anything. Really. Well, that's that's the, that's the Band-Aid over the bullet yeah. hole, right? It's yeah. not it's not actually <laughs> yeah, resolving exactly. the problem. Yeah. It's just putting a piecemeal solution yeah. in that people are coming to you independently yeah. to try to find because they don't have the support from, down, from the top yeah. to say, this shouldn't be looked at as an expenditure yeah this should be looked at as an investment yeah because but this invest- is what we say right this i was gonna say is that how you're pitching this yeah look, we're saying to like clients say you working with us is gonna be an investment and you trusted me and i said i say to everyone like you can trust me you can check my linkedin you can like check any partner i worked with i don't references for days yeah you can check that because i'm like sure that you know, I am. I believe that I would do a good job for you, but it's not because I want to. I really want to take your company to the next level. Yeah. I really want to like show that you can grow, and I'm gonna be so happy once you like hit your targets because it's like, look, win, look, win. look, look what you've done. Look, look what we've done together. As a collaboration. It's a collaboration that we do together. So it's super important um, to me. But what I hear most of the time, I would love to work with you, but we don't have the budget. This is what I hear like most of the time. Because it's like someone hasn't signed off. Someone can't sign off. They don't have budget allocated. But it's for us, it's, it's a sales game. At the end of the day. Of course. To, and it's like you keep knocking down that door uh, as much as you can. Because that's that's how that's how sales is. So the challenge is numbers. Um, the like, challenge is, I feel like, the challenges are numbers. But it's also that people, because we we find that, so we have demand and supply. Of in course. Tech. Yep. Um, so in on supply side, it's much more easier to convey because it's more of an understanding that you know that you need um, that they that they, they need it. But they're more screwed on that they understand that we need to do this. We we need that. On the demand side, it's a bit more trickier because it's like they don't really have the budget. So we do have constraints, but we know where like it's where where it is in the market where yeah. where we where we fit. Kind yeah. Of. yeah 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 yeah. But. Uh, but we have the holistic view. So we do work with demand partners, even though it is a bit tricky. Uh, we do work with demand partners. Uh, so advertisers, agencies, publishers, SSPs, DSPs. So we have the holistic view across all. And we see that everyone is not entwined with each other, which is kind of creating like the market, like kind of a sparse. They don't know what's happening with each other. It's disconnected and fragmented as exactly. an industry as a whole, right? Yeah. And this is what we're trying to do is kind of join it together, make the market a better place. I'm literally trying to connect the dots because this is why we see like for sometimes we speak to an, uh, an agency and he's saying, oh, I need X, Y, Z on data or I need X, Y, Z or whatever he needs. And then we know that maybe maybe a publisher might be right from that we're speaking to or we know that maybe a creative partner might be working with him. Sure. But it's all connecting the points and then trying to say, but you need us to kind of. It's a guidance thing. Yeah. But also the facilitation of the skills that are going to yeah. help you operate within that sort of yeah. framework that is even you know like we said fragmented now yeah but bringing that cohesion together that you can you, you can help with yeah. the training is going to help that the exactly. consultation is going to help that right yeah. so i mean who is it that you need to be speaking to who is it that you're speaking to within the agencies from a positional point of view um, who gets it done for you and, and where have you seen your successes so i'm normally speaking to um like senior level yeah um so director or c level um is more mainly my thing because the thing is, grads will love to work with you. They'll, uh, or the people that are out from uni, or the execs, they will say, they will love to work with you and they'll yeah. tell you everything that you want to hear. But it's not their fault. It's just they don't have any control. That's the want versus the, uh, you know, <laughs> the action of having, right? Yeah. So you, they don't have any control. But say, for example, maybe as in the sales game, if they don't, if the C-level or the director doesn't respond, you go to the exec. Mm. The exec then puts you in touch with the director. The director then, you then have to do the pitch again. Talk to me about your sales cycle. What kind of length is that? What kind of duration are you working on now? Because uh, it sounds long. It, it is long and it, it can be, I think the longest one we saw was about seven months. Good Lord. Uh, um, because it's like, you know, it's a it's a big deal uh, taking a consultancy and, you know, it's, 
we're not here to just do something and like it's not smash and grab right yeah. your business isn't a smash, smash and grab, grab business no, our business is to work with you long term so yeah. if you don't know how many years it might take or whatever but we're here to like prove a point trying to give you the revenue so it's it's a long long process and it's funny right because it, it kind of leads on to something else that i wanted to talk about because you've you've been in the game yeah I've been in the game. I mean, I'm 13 years in the game now, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, we know that people will give you false hope. Of course. They'll they'll tell you, this is all good, Jan. This is all good. We're ready to go with this. I mean, I, I do, you know, partnership campaigns in my nine to five job. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get those budgets, those media budgets signed yeah. off, right? And it's always, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, we're just about there. Oh, we're yeah. just about there. Just about there. Oh, nothing yeah so i don't want to call the industry like full of time wasters <laughs> but <laughs> but we know plenty of them of course and, and and that is kind of like the biggest hurdle because you know we have a bunch of time wasters mm -hmm. and as a start business if you don't have time for that time is money and <laughs> definitely and time is money uh so you know, people say, we love to work with you, but we don't have budget. But then didn't you realize that talking to us in the beginning that... Well, this is the point, right? It's like, like how do you shorten that nonsense down yeah. into stop wasting my fucking time. Yeah. If it's a no and it's not just right now, it. just clear my plate for me so I can move on to exactly. the next thing. I've always found this, right? It's like, I don't know if it's like a British culture thing. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is because we work across Europe and... It's not the same, right? And it's not the same. I mean, in France, it's quite clear. It's a Boom. yes, oh no. And there's no faffing around like... Uh, What's that got to do with? There's, there's no faffing. Is that like an in English sensibility thing? <laughs> but you do know when somebody says to you, we'll think about it, or uh, I'll get back to you, you do know that's a clear no. Like, you, you know, you, yeah. they don't need to say that to you, but you know, uh, okay. But you could just say no. Like, why do you need to that's be That's the around? legalese, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's like the legalese of like trying to say no. It's yeah. like, oh, well you know, we really like it and we'll get back to you and, and, and maybe, and, and, and hang on, we're just waiting for, you know, waiting for this person to, to kind of chime in on it. But it, ultimately it's like, you spend yeah. enough time in this business and you know yeah. that if you get a hesitation nine times out of 10, yeah. you'd just rather hear the real answer. Yeah. And like another thing is that we see in, in the industry is that you sometimes get shot in the foot because as a service, they mm -hmm. want to know what you can do. So you have to try to tell them what you can do, but not giving everything away. Of course. Because what I've seen, I'm quite like a nice person. So if someone asks me something, I'm normally, I didn't realize at the beginning of their business. But I mean, I was helping clients because they wanted to know proof of concept. So I was giving them examples of what they could do. And I've seen where it's literally backfired on me. They've taken my idea, run with it. And it's and, worked. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sure. When it's no, they're coming back to me and I'm like, see you later. Because it's like, you've literally taken my, you know, ideas and run off. But that's what I was going to do for you. But now it's not working. I can't help you unless you give me something for Well, because you've, you, you, you fucked me over. Exactly. You fucked me over. You've, you've, you've exactly. taken an idea that I presented to you as because, something that I could do yeah. from... Because what I'm an expert in, yeah. you're just kind of freewheeling it based on the little tidbits of information yeah. I've given. And now you're surprised that it doesn't work. That's precisely the proof of concept as to why you should be employing us exactly. to do the job for you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's... That's that's one of, like, our, our biggest, like, challenges. Because they, people say to us, what can you do? And then, like, and we say to them that we're here to, like, service you. We're here to do operations and, like, sales. So we can, like, help work on biz dev, ad ops, product. Yeah. Um, the whole full scale. Because the thing is, the why we're so different from any other consultancy is because we are full service. Yes. I can bring in a sale. I can, like, you know, do, do the account management, sign it off, do the pitch, you know product technical everything yes. So the whole thing is done yes. so we're that one-stop shop consultancy we're not the sort of consultancy that can only do one niche we can do the whole ad stack that's why we're different but at the same time it's like they want if we're working with a client they normally ask us oh but can you like um you know if i give you a set of questions this was a really well good one <laughs> and someone gave me a set of questions so could you answer them for me i said to them well so i said to them i gave them the starting point of each because I had to get the client. So I had to do, I did the starting point of each. I did the like. You give them the first, first chapter. chapter. Exactly. Yeah. And so they started to do this. Um, and they, some of it worked on their own because they said, okay, no worries. We're going to look into this internally. And so they never, I 
yeah, that means basically no. So they they did it internally, and I get a mail from them about uh, a year later. Said we're still working on something, oh my but goodness. it's not it's not working. Do you know what it could be? Uh, well, yeah, sign this contract like, right here, and I'll exactly, tell you all about it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but for me, I just don't see why you would do that because it's like, you know, be be cool, be nice. Like, why would you want to like, you know? Like, but isn't this exactly what we were saying? Like, yeah, you, you know, don't need to do that to people. Like, do you see what I mean? Like, just don't. Just be straight up. Just be straight up, and you know, just be straight up. I haven't got the budget, but if you can give me some advice, perfect. Literally say that to me rather than saying, yeah, I'm going to work with you. Give me all, you, all your knowledge. No, it doesn't work like that. And that's a combination, I think, of like English sensibility, timidity, like being timid to say no to someone and like uh, being afraid to like yeah. give them rejection and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's also kind of a sneaky scumbag it's way of doing business as well. Because they're, you know, they're in the back room saying, yeah. I'll just, she's really nice. Yeah. I'll just go back and ask her again. And I'm sure she'll give me the answer. But it's but like, no. <laughs> all you can do is give them chapter one because yeah. if they want to read the whole book, that comes with the commitment. Exactly. Right? And that's fair game. That's business. Yeah. So how are you How are you overcoming those things? Um, so right now, um, so I think I, that was in the beginning of the business. Yes, that, that of course. Happening. So right now we don't have those issues. Um, but I mean, we so still, how did you overcome those so, things? So right now, um, so oh, oh, so when those partners did come back to us, we said clear, clear no, like put something down. Um, and now we, um, after that, we kind of strategize to say that we would, you have to work with us to kind of find out the whole picture. We'll give you revenue. We'll look at all your stuff. We'll give you um, estimation of revenue of how much you'll make. Mm -hmm. um, so they have the revenue numbers. But other than that, we don't really need to say anything else. We okay. just put the revenue target and we'll say we'll hit this target. We also work, so we work on a fixed, but we also work on an incremental revenue. So based on a share. So any so you'll work on a, on, on a rev share basis? Yeah. So, so your results and their results are tied in? No, only so basically our results, any new money that we bring to a client, we take a share on that to prove to the client we're here to do business. Right. We're Good. not here to mess around. Good. And we do fixed. We do fixed as well. So we're here to show the market that we're here and we're serious. So this is like why that. we say we take the risk as a company, as a startup, we take the risk to say we're going to put X amount of hours in or whatever. We have a fixed pay, but we also say well, any money that comes in um, additional, so money that Pragmatic Motion makes, we will take a cut. But other than that, we won't take any other cut that, that we don't actually bring in. So it's just on a proportion of revenue that you attribute to that business yeah, that so you can bring in for that business. Yeah, so we do a uh, fixed and we also do the, the share. So that is the literal definition of putting your money where your mouth is. Literally, and this is what we say. And we have um, we had some clients uh, in the beginning of the business that we even do. Uh, we don't even take a fixed in the beginning of the of or some of the clients for the first like two months okay. to show that we will do a rev share to show you that we're not here to mess about. We're here to be serious. And it's not a smash and grab operation. No, we're no, in no. this for the long term. And, and that's us taking. That is us taking like a massive risk for sure on on, on our on our behalf as a company uh, to show that we're here to like you know be serious and we're here to. So it was like, and it goes back to our time wasting conversation, that, yeah. right? The so point we were saying like, about that don't, is like, don't waste my time. Exactly, come to the party with something to yeah. contribute, yeah, and be serious about that. And if yeah. the proof of concept does work, which you've taken all the risk on, yeah, if it works at the end of the quarter. Yeah, so then literally now I'm 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 saying that I literally say to uh, partners, uh, don't waste my time. Good. I literally, I literally say to them like, I when I speak to them, I'm super direct. Good. And I say to them in the beginning, do you have budget for a consultancy? Yes or no? If you say yes, okay, cool. If no, then doors closed because we don't want to waste my time to say do a proposal. They say, can I have a proposal? Can I have this? Can I have that? And you know yourself in working in in like ad tech, it's it's a long process. But why am I gonna waste my time? On someone that's 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 just like egging me along basically. And this is the balance, right? You've got to balance the time wasters with the people who actually yeah. have more of a longer a longer yeah. cycle to get things closed. And, yeah. and and I guess that's a really hard balance to strike sometimes, yeah. right? So yeah, but you because since, since the business started, like you know, in the beginning, of course, you're finding your feet and stuff. Uh, but right now, we know like I'm like I'm not the same person I was when I started the company. Uh, when I was in the company, I was, uh, when I started the company, I was a bit more nice, maybe a bit more naive, I would say, 
but now I'm like here to do business. I'm not here to mess about. I love that. I, and we're here. You either take it or you get get out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, literally. yeah. Because it's like we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving. Like we're here to. We're growing as a business. We're here to hire a team. We want to do many things in our business, and we don't have time for time wasters. And like, you know, when I know we're a new business, and I know that some people might think, oh, look, they're a new business. Like, do we need them and stuff? Yeah. But I mean, like, it's up to you if you want to take our pr- proposition. Of course. And I'm I'm here to, to guarantee you that you're going to get X amount of money. I'm putting my name on the line. Our rep is on the line because we're a startup. So you, we can get killed. It's, 100%. Well, you can, you can be disappeared like that because you don't have that yeah. infrastructure of a massive organization that's yeah. VC-backed and got all this money yeah. coming in, you know, quarter yeah, after quarter to keep our, their profitability, like, you know. Own, own, we put our own money into this. Exactly. So it's not like we're not backed by anyone else. We put our own money into this. And we're here to like make a footprint and to say like like I said to you from the beginning that yeah. the whole thing is to grow the client from zero to ten yep. with no issues and make the revenue that we promise that we're gonna make you. Love Easy. it. Love it. Love it. So obviously time wasters are a massive factor in, yeah. in the you know success and development yeah. of the business. Talk to me about how you're perceived. Tell me about being the woman. Be, being a woman, <laughs> being a woman of color. Being yeah. a woman of color that has gone from somebody who, like you self-proclaimed there, was yeah. a bit too nice, maybe a bit naive as yeah. to what the business was, you know, business world was going to bite back at yeah. you with. How have you been perceived? Talk to me about the kind of, if there's, I mean, maybe there hasn't been, maybe there hasn't been, but, you know, um, have you run into any barriers in terms of so, gender, but, your race, any of that sort of thing? So to be fair, for women and uh, color uh so I'm brown, by the way. <laughs> um, so being brown and uh, be a really silly question to ask if <laughs> if she wasn't right. <laughs> um, so um, women, I'm being brown. So I haven't seen anything much, but the, what I have noticed is that none of my none of the people I speak to are women. Everyone I speak to is is a man. Big, and I don't know. I I like this is a conversation. Is that I know there's more women coming into the industry, yeah. uh, but there's not enough because I don't literally speak to anyone. I know there's a lot of women that's uh, account managers and uh, execs, but from C-level or director levels, I rarely see many women um, in that kind of position. So I don't know if it's because um, there's um, that lack. So I'm not going to say that um, it's because it's a a man thing. I'm going to say maybe it's because women don't have enough um, knowledge or maybe they're not at the top. Maybe they choose the, the, you know, also, as a woman, you have to take the balance of having a family and a career. So you've got to pick what you want to do. Sure. Uh, you can't have everything in life. Uh, and this is why, you know, you know, nowadays we see that how women now prolong having kids because now they're trying to focus on their career. So we do see that. But do they have... The question is, do the women have enough skill sets to be at the top? And? And I don't, we don't see any women, so this is the so, thing. So, so this is a question, right? Is it is it a skill-related exclusion? Yeah. Or is it a gender yeah, yeah. So, based exclusion. So is, is it like a because I mean again we know we know ad world. Yeah. We know ad tech world. We know media world. Yeah. It's a lads club. It's a boys club. Of course. It's right. A boys Up and club. down. It has been forever. Yeah. Right. And there are there are some powerful women in the industry that are creeping up and creeping yeah. in and doing their own thing and making some waves and everything like that. But if you look across the spectrum. Yeah. It is still a male dominated industry. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, is it still male dominated because of the gender, or is it still uh, male dominated because women don't have the right amount of skills? So, talk to me about that. Then, is it is it is it an interest thing from a female perspective? Exactly. Is it is it is it an industry that because one thing I don't believe in at all is forcing like equality. Yeah. Right. Same. Like like that fifty that whole the whole idea of saying. Well, a company can only be successful if there's exactly as many we- uh, men as there are no. women in, you know, C-suite positions or leadership no, positions. I don't think that you can, I don't think that you can equate success just off a gender split no. being exactly equal. You have to have the best people in the best place to exactly. do it, right? And if the best people are the men, then you take the men. Like, for example, 100%. in our company, we're like on a hiring process that if we feel like 
the guy is better suited than the, than the girl, then we're going to take the guy. It's nothing to do with gender. Um, it's not like, oh, we've got one, two men now, yeah, so we need to add another all, woman just no. to keep it even, right? So I know that some companies do do that. They have, like, the gender, and they have, like, um, uh, also have, like, ethnicity as well. As but are they doing that for marketing week? Yeah. Like, are they doing that for an article to be written about yeah, them? Rather maybe. than, you know, like, yeah. I, I question it. Yeah. You know, I question it. I see it happening all over the place. And I'm not against... Yeah equality of opportunity yeah i think equality of opportunity is uh you know it should be a human right yeah but equality of outcome if we start to do equality of outcome then we run into some real problems because you're working off of quotas based on things that don't have anything yeah. to do with skill exactly and you know i mean i'm talking to a very very skilled woman that yeah. can handle herself in ad tech yeah but i still think is there a gap is there an interest is there is there something missing that is stopping women from getting into the industry? Is it because it's such a male-dominated field already and they're just like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to, you know, I might play the ex the the executive level or the account manager level and yeah. then I'm going to fuck off and get married and do something else or yeah. whatever. I don't I don't know. I, I question, I have questions about it as well, but it's interesting to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, so um, my personal opinion is that um, there are women that have come across in the industry Yeah. And some are very good and very skilled, um, but some are like, they're happy with where they are mm. and uh, so they're happy with what they're doing and they're happy to where they are so it's it's a different you don't i see some women wanting to go to the top and some people don't want to get the pressure mm -hmm. um but that's a huge thing and that's both with men and female like mm -hmm. i see that both genders don't really like they know of course more money more problems right 100 percent, <laughs> so, right puffy yeah, more money, more problems. Biggie. So, so because of that people sometimes don't really want to like move uh to the top of their career because it's like of course but then same time am i gonna be happy because are you got if you're if you're having if you want to be c level you gotta be you have to be on it 24 7 uh, yeah there's no gaps there's, there's no there's, time there's, to be yeah, just, just pissing around i mean i say that i see some of the some of the guys that run these places and they are complete <laughs> wastes of space but yeah. you know i get i get exactly what you're saying yeah there's for no sure. time to mess around so it's like depends in life what you want sometimes people want to have uh do really good and they want to learn as much people sometimes they fall into advertising so it's not as interesting for them me i didn't fall into advertising it chose me most mm. people it chooses them mm. so i think i've never met someone that actually told me the same thing as me that it actually i actually chose it everyone yeah. every single person i've met in this industry and i've been here for a long time they chose them so i agree and and i think this <laughs> When you see these 22-year-olds that are creeping into these media agencies, yeah. I almost feel like they just wanted to get out of whatever town they were living in and just move to London. And this is the easiest entry point is like just pitch up at an agency yeah. or something and they'll take you and they'll just put you on a desk and just, you know, run yeah. you into the ground because these guys don't get paid anything. Yeah. They have to work stupid hours. That's why, you know, from my position, it's like when I was working with agencies more, it was very much like, oh, are we going to go for lunch? <laughs> you know are you gonna take us out for drinks like yeah. are you gonna kind of pad our you know our lifestyle and then we might be friends with you and that's why i just turned off that side okay. of the industry I, I got i got no interest in 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 catering to someone else's like drinking and, and eating habits so i can get a deal done i i think that's i think that's asinine i just think it's ridiculous i think in this industry it's um it's it's, it's a two-way kind of thing there's um relationships and sales yeah so you can You're right. and it's relationships and i think that if you have good relationships with people uh they'll give you the deal based on the relationship with they have you rather than like the product you have to be transparent but doesn't that affect your business yeah it does because but... you don't you might not have the relationships exactly that these bigger companies have the money to invest in developing those relationships yeah. and therefore you lose out even though the from a, if we're looking at this as a meritocracy yeah you could potentially provide a better service yeah. more cost effective service and a more integrated service yeah. than what this you know person who takes them out for drinks on a friday can do for them um so it depends like this is the thing it's a, it's a sales of relation and a relationship game so for me it's like i've always said when i started a company that you know, I'm not going to sell myself to the devil. I will always be like true to myself. Yeah. I will go in, I'll pitch the product. This is what we do. And of course I have my relationships. So I know that, you know, um, I know that if I have good friends in the industry, they will always help me out. Mm -hmm. So it's one of, one of those things. And I do think relationships are important are. to go, to go, to go forward. But also it's like, as long as they know the product, like that's the thing. Sometimes you see in the industry, what happens is people base, they work with you, but they don't, do they really understand what you're doing? 
not really. <laughs> so and but they still they but they still work with you. So because of that relationship, so because it's a kind of like a favor. So I think. I mean, for me, it's, it's more, it's both. I would say, I wouldn't say it's only relationships or sales. I would say it's always going to be both. But I mean, you have to be, you know, you, ha- you have to, you have to, you have to spin it in a way where it works, where they actually know what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Relationships are fine, but if they don't know what the hell you're offering, then it's like then they're probably pointing you in the wrong direction <laughs> or, or leading you down a dead path, anyways, exactly. right? So yeah, I completely yeah. get that. I completely get that. So talk to me about. Talk to me about like the vision for the next six months, like next twelve months, next eighteen months. Where's where's the business going? Um, so last year was kind of like um, warm up. Let's yeah. say it was warm up. Okay. This year's practice. Game, Talk yeah. about practice. So last year was warm up. It was practice. Yep. This year's game time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. here. So we did like uh, so we did really well last year. Nice. Uh, touch wood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, and it was a tough year because you know we put our investment into it, and uh, I you know there's some days where I think I felt every single emotion under the sun. <laughs> some days I'll be the happiest girl, and some days I'll be crying. Uh, because it's your business, it's your baby, and you know it's really hard. Uh, and for someone ever said to me, you know, one thing I heard a lot last year is that if it was um, if it was easy, everyone would start a business. That is a gold saying I've heard, and this is so true. Because now you actually realize like why people don't do it. But I mean, like I said, it's the leap of faith that I took. So I want to talk about that, right? So I want to talk about mindset. Yeah, because. In these interviews that I'm going to do, and these conversations I'm going to have with various people, you know, going you go going forward, mindset is a huge thing for me because yeah. I think, you know, I think so many people lack it. They yeah, can, they can talk it. Yeah, but talking it and doing it are two completely yeah. different things. You know this now, yeah. right? You're two years in. So talk to me a little bit about because we we've touched on that paternal instinct you've yeah. got about clients and about the business and stuff like that. Yeah. But where's ambition come from for Jan? Where's where's the, you know, where's the, you know, when you're chewing your nails off because you know in yeah. in the early days you don't know where that next that first deal's coming from or or, or that yeah. next deal's coming from and you're you're kind of living a little hand to mouth in terms of you know making this thing work. Talk to me about the mindset that it takes for you to keep going on this journey when perhaps you don't see the light at the end of a dark tunnel that you're starting to navigate. Yeah, so what I'll say is, like, it's income versus freedom first. Here we go. So, income versus freedom. So, when you're working with your employer, you get a big paycheck every, every month. Standard. Standard. Whether you're doing a job or not, really. Standard. We see time wasters <laughs> in our teams as well, right? Like so you get you get the check no matter what you're doing, whether you get your bonus or not. That's up to your company. Of course. Not sure. Of course. But, I mean, you don't get the freedom. So, I mean, when you're in a full-time employer, you're still asking, can I go to the dentist? Can I go to the doctors? Can I can I use my 25-day holiday mm-hmm. based on the rest of my team if mm-hmm. they're available? So, those are the things you have to kind of take into consideration. Um, but when you're having your own company, you don't have the income, but you have the freedom. Mm. And so, freedom is something money can't really put a price on because now you actually are able to kind of enjoy your life a bit more yeah because well, once you're in a uh to be to put in to perspective once you're in a senior level it's like it's very hard to kind of switch off especially in like senior level in antec it's yeah. very hard to switch off uh because you're always gonna have work to do and you know someone there's always something going on so you always have to be on top you've got team to manage you've got everything you know you, you got you, budgets to manage exactly. forecasts to do exactly reports it's, it's, it's non-stop of course and it's like a role that you have under your boss and you your boss will manage you and and if anything uh, they will like if anything you want to do they have to ask for sign off even if you want to get a pay rise you gotta get a sign off mm-hmm. and so the whole like you know you're under somebody else's thumb exactly yeah. basically yeah 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 and to have um you know to have to have the company it's like we don't get the paycheck at the, at the end of the month every month we but we do have like our regular clients that we have but it's our baby. So, for example, if I want to, you know, you know, one thing is like if I feel like I don't feel well one day, I won't. I don't. I don't want to go to work. I don't have to. No. In Antec, believe it or not, I never took one day of sick. How many years? I, it, I did eight years. 
Jesus. I never took one day of because I felt so bad that I'm going to let someone down. And so right now, if I let anyone down, I let myself down if I don't mm. come to work. Yeah, that's right. And All I, of it is on you. All of it is on me. Like I said, I am the product. Yes. And so if I'm sick, I can like be sick. Yes. Do you see what I mean? Of course. And if I want to, I can, I, I don't need to count my like 25 day holidays. That was like, you know, I was hating that to count mm. 25 day holidays. Like how, how do I segment these? How do yeah, I spend yeah. my time? Because will they let me take this much or this much, yeah, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, how many? So we spend most of our day at work, yep, uh, and we spend most of our day, um, you know, working rather than actually living. Correct. Um, and so life is short. Be happy. Do what you love. Literally, and that kind of that's the ambition I have in me. It was a massive risk to take this company to to do something that you know is out of my comfort zone to to do that. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm much happier than I was. If like everyone I see now in the industry, they're like, you're much happier because you're doing what you, you want to do. Yeah. And, and this is so true because it's like, it's my company. I navigate. If it goes like upside down, it's going to be my fault. There's no one else to blame but me. So this is what makes me want to come to come every morning and like work my ass off. Yeah. Because this is my baby. And it's, and, and I have the utmost confidence that, you know, that. I'm, I'm going to try and do the best I can. As long as I know I put 110% into it, there's no then problem. Then you can be happy within yourself. Exactly. exactly. And generally, if you do that and yeah. do that consistently for a long enough period of time, yeah. the success comes. Yeah. So you have to stay on the journey. Yeah. And that's one of the other things that most people don't realize yeah. when they go into their own venture or their own project or something yeah. like that. They, a lot of people, you know, we live in, you know, we live in a society now where it's instant gratification for everything, yeah. right? I want instant results. I want the instant feed, you know, update. I want the instant, vi- you know what I mean? Everything's yeah. now, 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 and just keep it short and sweet. Yeah. But developing your own thing. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a quick smash and grab and then we're done and move on. No, no, right. No, this is all day, every day. Yeah, it's every day you you go to sleep thinking about your yeah. business. You wake up thinking about your business. You're eating your dinner thinking, is there anything I can add on your strategy? But it's yours. So what else does it for you then? Is it, it you said freedom versus pay is a massive you know is a massive factor for why you do this and and to have that kind of quality of life. Yeah, and uh, another reason is that when I was growing up, uh, it was pretty hard. Um, to be fair, mm-hmm. um, we didn't have um, much like. We didn't have, we wasn't the richest family, uh, but my sure. mom and dad gave me everything I, 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 they, they could, they could possibly give me, they gave me everything. Sure. But I saw how hard it was for my parents and I know that, you know, everything they had, they would give it to me first before anything else. And that was kind of like embedded in me. Like, mm. you know, we would sometimes like, I remember days when, you know, there would be like electricity or there would be a gas thing or, you know, I... Those things you they don't leave you, and that is kind of something that will be stuck with you forever. Uh, how that will be forever, forever stuck with you. So that kind of puts it in you to make sure that you know you're gonna you know go to the next step. Because I like for me having the business is like for something that I want to do, but I also want to have it my own because I want to like look after everyone around me. Yeah, it's not even for. It was a purpose for me, but it was everyone around it's me. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. I want everyone around me. I want to look after them. I want everyone to be happy. You know, it's as cliche as it sounds. Money is the root to all evil. To all cliche. It's like money is the root to all evil. And I had like, a, I would say it was kind of tough kind of growing up and we had many issues. Um, so kind of that kind of molded me into into who I am. Everyone always asked, why are you working so hard? Even if when I was working for another company, I was working like it was my own company. Yeah, you and you did that when I worked with yeah, you. You, you know, know it yeah. was it was nonstop. It was but in I the would, evening. It was like yeah. you might as well have been running that place, right? The yeah. kind of effort and, and the hours yeah. that you put in. Yeah. And, you know, for me, because I grew up very, I, I grew up similar. Yeah. I, I grew up very poor. Um and poverty is a hell of a motivator. Yeah. You never want to be... Once you've tasted it, yeah. once you've eaten it, you yeah. know... You never want to go back. You don't want that again. Never. Never you know, again. When I remember Christmases when I was a kid and there weren't presents. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's not something I ever want to impose on anybody else. And it was just because my mom was a single mom, yeah. you know, and it was just me, her and my sister. But I remember those struggles. Yeah, you, know? you always remember the hard times. One hundred percent, and that's yeah. that's got to stay in the front of front of mind. I think when you're on a journey like this, and I think people love the idea of being self-employed. Yeah, it's like I listen to this guy uh, Eric Thomas, and he's a motivational speaker, yeah. and he says something. He says everybody wants to be a beast yeah. until it's time to act like one. Yeah, people think they are a beast. Yeah. But they don't know what an actual beast does. Yeah. Right? It's constant. They're on the hunt. Yeah. It's not the kill that they like. Yeah. They just do that so they can hunt again. Yeah. It's the hunt that they're after. And it's the process that they're after. It's the journey that they're after. Yeah. And it sounds very much to me like this is anchored in passion because you enjoy the journey. Yeah. And like, you know, it's always going to be what my past is, but you know how, like I said, it's a bit cliche, but it's past kind of makes you into who you are. It and is. It's not cliche. It's yeah. absolutely, it's called character building. So that's kind of like who I am. And that is why I am who I am. People think like, you know, Jan's always working. She's always on. But I mean, that is who I am. And because it's like, I know if, if things are not done with, you know, it's our company. It's on you. It's on me. Like I look after like our house and, you know, and everything that we have around us, but you know, we're, we're eating up our like our stuff, so we need to make sure that the company's pushing forward. And like I said, now that I don't work for somebody else, I don't get the paycheck. Of course, whatever happens is on my head. Of course, and so I don't want to be in a position where you know that we're going to have issues. It's it's taking a plunge. It's taking a leap of faith, like we mentioned before, on yourself and your ability. Yeah. And I think, like I said, a lot of people think they got it. Yeah. And they'll walk right up to the edge, right? Yeah. But then as soon as they put one foot and they dangle it off and they realize what the fall might look like. Yeah. They say, nah, hell, fuck that. I'm going home. Yeah. Right? You've done the other thing. You closed your eyes and jumped off the side of it yeah. and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Because at the end of the day, like, I am the product. Yes. So me and my business partner, we are the product. Yes. Here. So I had to believe in my ability and I had to believe in that what I could do to for, for my clients. And I believe that I can do something. I believe that I can change the market in some shape or form. Um, the reason, another reason why I went into this is like every day when I was in my previous job, I was listening to uh, a track uh, mm. from Logic Here we um, go. Uh, called The Last Call. Okay. And that is what he made me. Like I would say every day going onto the train uh, in the morning, I was always the first one in. So I was listening to my track. Um, and every time I'm going and coming back, I was listening to this track and it was, um, he always says like, do what you love, no matter what it happens. He was, he talked about how hard it was for him. But then he said like, do what you love in life because you live once. Correct. Because if you don't, you're going to think, what if, what if, is there ever, if? is there ever a more sad question? Yeah. Right. Be yeah. Life is short. So never have the regret of what if, because at the end of the day, I wanted to, 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 to be transparent, I had when I was I had the option to do the business or or to take it to get a place, and and getting a place would have secured m myself and my family. I, I could have done that. Um, instead, I I took the route of having the business. Whether it's selfish to think that I did did the business, whether taking the place of uh, securing my family, they're still they are secured, but it's not. It's what, a different level. It's at a different level, of yeah. course. But I mean, this is the thing. What did I want to do? So I took the plunge. I didn't only put myself at risk. I put the others around me at risk. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. So it's not, people think that, okay, you have a business. It's so cool. Like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> it is sometimes. Yeah, it's sometimes <laughs> so cool. But I mean, I didn't put myself at risk. I put everyone like around me at risk. Um, you know, uh, my family, my founder, uh, co-founder, we're all... We all are. You're all. I put, I put everyone. So it's kind of like that isn't. So if this ship springs a leak, you're all going down. Exactly. That's the consequence. Yeah. But that's also the motivation. Exactly. And people look at the consequence as a, as a barrier to entry. Yeah. And you looked at it and said, well, I could take this thing over here yeah. and that's sweet. Someone's going to pay me and yeah, cool. You can't have both. You can't have. A you can't have freedom and, and and that. Yeah. You got you got to pick one. You got to yeah. choose the road you want to go down. Because like in the economy now, you can't have a place and also have start a business. It doesn't work like that. Nah. 
no, no, it doesn't work like that. You need to make sure you pay your mortgage. You need to have things. So I took the other route, uh, schooled <laughs> my uh, family in a different way. Yeah. Uh, and then took that plunge and took the business. But like I said, now I <coughs> I need to make sure everything is turning because if nothing, if it's not turned, if the business doesn't turn, it collapses. Yeah. So, well, I don't think that's going to happen. No. Because I think... I will never let that happen. That's my point, <laughs> is you've got way too much about you yeah. in terms of your motivation, the passion that you have, yeah. the skill set that you have. It all comes together in this, yeah. you know, in this in this fantastic package that if people can't see it, then it's like you said, you just got to cut that, move on, go to the next one and, yeah. uh, and, and keep it moving. Yeah. Right? I mean... I'm if, not here to like... Last year, the beginning of the starting on the company it was a, it was quite tough for me because finding a finding a lot about myself mm. uh finding out you know like business is cutthroat uh and i always knew that but i mean i didn't expect like uh baby people to be peace some people to take the way that they are um so for me it was like a good learning curve but whatever whatever you do learn it's always a learning curve so for me it's like now i'm like you like i stop. said last year was practice for me to learn and like also I'm like CEO and founder of a company now so there is no mussing around no like we're here it's to time to get stuff done yeah like like I said uh, uh, it's like it's game time a bit like Thanos <laughs> in uh, Avengers yeah I'm not gonna reference that because I've never watched that film and uh, and uh, I'm not a geek so uh... <laughs> I'm actually uh, a Marvel geek so there you go <laughs> that's funny because after this I'm actually doing a movie podcast <laughs> And uh, and he's I think he likes those films as well and I got nothing to say on him because I haven't watched them at all. It's a bit weird that I'm I haven't watched the biggest film of all time, but I'm gonna go and do a movie podcast after yeah. this. So, anyways, but um, no, that's really cool. And I think you know, it may seem like it's been a long time, but it's still the beginning of this journey. Yeah, and right. It's and like, there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go, and every day is you know every day is new, and every day is going to be different, and that's what I love about the business. Like now we're strategizing for uh, 220, uh, 221 about um, what we're going to do, how we're going to build, and how we're going to grow. Nice. And and you know, uh, as the business grows, that we need as as the business grows, we're also like making sure that you know it can give our clients the best. That's that's what we always wanted to do: just give the best. Yeah. And like provide a really, really good service. Awesome. So awesome. Awesome. Right. So what I want to do is at the end of kind of every interview that I'm gonna do, yeah. I'm gonna ask a bunch of kind of quick fire questions. Now, I was saying about the movie podcast. I'm a huge movie fan and uh recently this guy, James Lipton, he just passed away a couple of days yeah. ago. He used to host a show called Inside the Actor Studio where he would have one on one conversations with uh famous celebrities and actors and things like that. And at the end of that, he would always ask them some quick fire questions. And I wanna I wanna replicate that with the folks that I'm talking to. And yeah. it's really just like a personality questionnaire. It's not to be taken, you yeah. know, too seriously or anything like right. that. So just don't think about the answers. No. Just it's answer the questions. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the first thing that comes to mind. So this is actually called uh, Pivo Questionnaire that was adopted uh, by James Lipton. And the original was done by the novelist um, Marcel Proust. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you 10 very quick questions. Tell me what comes to mind straight away. And, uh, and and we'll finish on that, all right? And then we'll make sure that people who want to find you will know how to find you, <laughs> where to reach you, and uh, and we'll put some links in the uh, in, in the description in the show notes as well, all right? So, question one, okay? Ready? Question one, what's your favorite word? Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> what's your least favorite word? Uh, cunt. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Something that can relate. Something that can something that can relate to me um, in terms of how I want to be, or you know, something that has a connection with me. That's that's how I connect to something, you know, spiritually or anything in those lines or way. Okay. What turns you off? People that are like egocentric, arrogant, off. Nice. What's your favorite curse word? We may have already covered it with the first yeah, two. Yeah, it's actually the first. My favorite curse word is uh, dickhead. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? 
Ah, fresh air. So when you're outside, you're hearing the birds cheeping. Favorite sound? Birds chirping. Yeah, outside, fresh outside morning. Fresh morning. Yeah, favorite sound. What sound do you hate? Rain. <laughs> rain. I can't, really? I can't stand rain. <laughs> really? Okay, cool. Um, what profession, other than what you're doing now, would you love to have a go at? Uh, well, it's two. Go uh, on. So we can take two. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> one is having a restaurant. Okay. Uh, so you know, I love to cook. I love I love people to eat. If you're Asian, you probably know the same that you you're a feeder. <laughs> I'm a definite feeder. I want everyone around me to be full. So having a restaurant, another one would be um, like interior or like an architect because I love to draw and love to be creative. Nice. Nice. So is a restaurant maybe in the future plans? Maybe like everyone add to it and come along. Yeah, there you go. There you go. At least you can get them in a room together, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what profession could you absolutely not do? Um, I don't think I could be a doctor. <laughs> okay. I just like... It's too much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't think I could either. Okay. Uh, if heaven exists, yeah, what would you like to hear God say when you get to the pearly gates? Um, that I've looked after everyone around me. And that's all I, that's all I care. Yeah, and if I did a good job and looked after everyone around me and everyone was happy, that's all I care about, really. And I think the last question, because I've added an 11th question onto the, the 10 question uh, questionnaire, this is, I think this is actually a really good one to ask you because everything you do seems to be anchored in looking after other people. Yeah. What, well, you could say that. Yeah, I, I just think you've got this genuine kind of nature about you that you want, I mean, you just said, I have to feed everybody. I want to make sure everybody around <laughs> me is cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody's looked yeah. after. But if you won 10 million on the lottery tomorrow, <laughs> what would be the first thing that you would do? I would uh, get a place uh, and secure my family uh and then the rest don't know i don't i don't really first think. thing only yeah that's it that's it yeah secure my parents make sure they're happy give them everything they need that's it don't care about it. i mean guys if you listen to this show and you don't know that you have a genuine operator who cares about your business as as if it's her own and that you don't have a a solid person you know to collaborate with then then I really don't know what's wrong with you because for me Jan is one of the sweetest people that I've ever come across she's one of the most genuine people that I've ever come across she has a kindness and a selflessness that is just it, it's quite unusual in the in today's world I find and I don't run across very many people like her um, that have that sort of personality and that sort of you know be benevolent nature about them but Aside from that, she is incredibly talented, incredibly smart, and incredibly effective at what she does. So anybody that is in earshot of this podcast that would like to, you know, speak to Jan about pragmatic motion. Pragmatic motion. Pragmatic motion. <laughs> um, and would like to, you know, inquire about her services. I'm just going to give Jan a, a minute or two here just to uh, to let you guys know how you can reach out to her and um, and what the best way to get a conversation started would be. So Jen, if, you, uh, if you'd if you like, tell people how they can find you. So you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Jan Vimal, so J-A-N uh, and Vimal, V-I-M-A-L. Uh, or you can contact me directly uh, via email. Uh, so it's uh, Jan at Pragmatic Motion, so P-R-O-G-M-A-T-I-C, Motion. M-O-T-I-O-N. So get in touch. And that's dot com? Dot com, yeah. Nice. Well, listen, always a pleasure seeing you. Always a pleasure Thank you for you. being my inaugural interview and my <laughs> inaugural conversation. I'm sure we're going to do more of these, yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, over, you know, over a period of time. And, you know, it's going to be really cool for me to see this thing of yours grow and yeah. continue to be successful and... You know, if there's any way I can help, I'm I'm always happy to do that. And I know you're going to help me uh, 
a little bit with the podcast stuff as well. So, um, you know, I, I love that. And, uh, and I got nothing but love for you, Jan. So, um, so that's it, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, this will be up probably in the next week or so. Uh, but that doesn't matter because you'll be listening to it when you listen to it. So it doesn't really matter. But it's, um, it's been great. I hope you've enjoyed it. And this has been episode 122 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. There's going to be more uh, of these to come. But, uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Jan Vimal founder and ceo of pragmatic motion there we go yeah um and uh, and that's it so uh until next time guys all the best thanks